The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. This hour, we are perhaps not on TV for a little bit. If you're running home to see the sweater I'm wearing today, which isn't that big of a deal. It's pretty basic. Uh, but we'll be back on ESPN News once some volleyball finishes up. We've got Anita Marks a little later this hour. She is big on the Cleveland story and Hugh Jackson keeping that job. we got life advice this hour. And Baker Mayfield, should he be the number one overall pick? That, according to one of our analysts coming up. I don't think Vilma would do that. Uh, Vilma joins us now. He's usually my co-host on Fridays, but I think he's still down in Florida as we have a little break after the regular season conference championship games in front of the bowl games. But it is Jonathan Vilma on the show, Penzo Performance Sun. Are you in uh, Miami right now? I'm in Miami, but you didn't say the real reason is because you kicked me out of the show. No, I didn't. You said you don't like working with me. You didn't like that I was killing you in the picks. So now I have to do the show for Miami. Did you not say that? Do, you, do I have to pull up the text? Uh, yeah. You know what? If you screen grab that text from my number, you can go ahead and post that if you want to. What's up, man? How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yes, Miami is nice and warm. Uh, Art Basel down here. So it's fun times right now. A lot, of, a lot of tourists in here. It's good. All right. Before I ask that Baker question, uh, because I just I thought that was kind of interesting. What we would have done if we were here together today, and I don't know how much of my rant you heard on Monday when I got upset with everybody being upset about the selection of the committee here, and that's basically Bama in over Ohio State. But what did you think of the committee job and, and you know putting together those four teams? I thought the committee got it right. I thought that Ohio State was very similar to Penn State last year with a hot team but a horrible loss at some point during the season that could not – get out of the minds of the decision makers. And so I, I understood Ohio State's argument. They had valid points. I understood Bama's argument. They had valid points. Uh, but at the end of the day, if there's going to be some consistency year in and year out, as if they're trying, if the committee's trying to create that consistency, that bad law stuck in my head and automatically brought me back to Penn State last year and why they didn't get in. Would you schedule anyone out of conference if you were running a program? I would schedule more conference games. So you can go to nine games in the SEC, and then people would stop clamoring about the Mercer victory or the Mercer game that Alabama played. You can get these extra games, and then you don't have to worry about now having this out-of-conference schedule, if it's a cupcake or if it's too hard, wherever everyone wants to go with it. I still believe that there are only, frankly, 10 schools throughout the country that can even afford to play these monster uh out-of-conference games like an Ohio State versus Oklahoma. You know, USC can afford it. Florida State can afford to. Uh, Michigan can afford to. Miami can afford to. Most of them cannot, though. Iowa can't afford to play a big out-of-conference game, lose, and then think that they can still run the table with a one loss and get into the playoffs. It's not happening for them. It's not happening for an Indiana. It's not happening for Wake Forest. Like, they can't afford to play these big out-of-conference games. Yeah, see, I would... I would try to schedule somebody with a pulse. Like, that would be my thing. And I actually don't have an issue if if Florida is playing Florida State and they're playing Michigan, the FCS thing doesn't drive me crazy. Okay, when Alabama scheduled Florida State, the FCS thing does not drive me crazy. And I always find it funny. Look, Big Ten fans can puff out their chest. They play the directional schools. They play the extra conference game, which they always would ignore when the Pac-10 and Pac-12 were doing the ninth conference game. The ACC plays just as many FCS opponents as the SEC does. But 
if you're, say, Baylor, and yeah, you have the nine conference games, but you're every year living on, you know, SMU, Lamar, Rice, like, play somebody with a pulse. But I don't know if I were Ohio State or Oklahoma or Florida State, if they were going to be good or Alabama, if I would be playing other teams perceived to be in the top 10, because I think I'd rather have the, the W against a lesser opponent than a better chance at a loss. I, I agree. I would go that route as well. The the problem with playing someone with a pulse, they still won't give you credit for it. So even if you play, uh, if Baylor decided to play Vanderbilt, right? I well, guess they played they have Duke. A pulse, they played Duke. Team. Yeah. Yeah. They, but on, let's just say that season, because, you know, they plan these, these seasons out three years in advance, whatever it is. So let's just say that season they play, they have a down year. You get no credit for it. It's a tougher opponent. You had, you know, for all intents and purposes, you could have lost just as easily if you if you lost a conference game, but you won't get any credit for it to have a down year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Vandy might be a tougher sell as as that pulse thing. I, I look, just play somebody. But if I were an AD, I don't know that I would. If I were running Ohio State or Oklahoma, I'd be saying, "Hey, let's make sure we do this thing again." All right, we got Jonathan Vilma here. It's a Rosillo show. It's ESPN Radio. What's your take on all the Baker Mayfield stuff that we're going to debate here at that position as we get? I mean, we're months away from the draft. He's got a championship he's trying to win. But what do you see as a guy that played at both levels? So I I see a guy who is the best player in college football. The best player in college football does not equal the best draft pick when it comes to the NFL. There are very uh, subtle yet important differences between the two. When you're the best player in college football, that could very well mean that you maximize your abilities and your talents. So, he may not be the most talented quarterback, like a Sam Darnold or a Josh Rosen, yet he has maximized his abilities, which has made him the best player right now in college football. So now you take that and you say, okay, we see Baker Mayfield. Now let's put him up against what we view as a number one draft pick for the NFL. Does he have the height, weight, speed? That can be argued. Does he have the mechanics? That sometimes yes, not all the time. Does he have the vision? Does he read? Does he anticipate? Yes, in a wide-open system, he does. What about in a pro style? That's TBD, to be determined. We don't know. Then you talk about some of the characteristics that would make him a number one pick. Does he study hard? Is he a good locker room guy? Is he a leader at the quarterback position? All of those things I don't know. I haven't researched him or, or done any homework on him, but there are a lot of tangibles or a lot of subtle things that you have to take into account, which are very important that we cannot find out just watching him week in and week out. You're going to find that out as you do your due diligence on the player. So he could very well be a top five pick. Maybe I'm not going to go out there and say he's definitely a number one because there's too many variables involved. That was like the nicest way of ever saying that you don't really buy in. No, not at all. That's not, not the Vilma all. I know. Saying, I thought you went. Like, it sounds no, like you don't know, which is okay. I, no, I'm, I'm honestly saying I think he's the best player right now in college football. Mm-hmm. But remember, he's six feet, six one, maybe hey. at the most. Uh, he, it doesn't look like he has long arms. I don't know his hand size. Uh, I know he can spit the ball out. I know that he loves to run around and improvise. Yet he's not the fastest guy, so I know that he can't run around like that in the NFL. I know he's going to eventually have to sit in the pocket and make 
big league throws. I don't know if he can do that consistently. I just haven't seen it. I've seen everything else that he's done. I just haven't seen him do big league throws, sit in the pocket for two quarters of a game. Just I haven't even seen that much. He's always scrambling, doing something, making something awesome happen. So that's why I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. That's a very fair answer, and it's okay to say that. Okay, last one, Miami. What happened? Um, are, are you referring to the ACC championship game? That would be what I'd be talking about, yeah. Oh, yeah, that game, huh? Folks! <laughs> yeah, um, Miami ran into what they call some grown-ass men uh, in Clemson. That That's what happened. And Clemson showed, proved, uh, reproved that that's even a word why they are the best team in the ACC, and it's not even close. And so that that's all you can say, that that was a wake-up call for Miami. That was a wake-up call for for the rest of the ACC, that Clemson is uh, a bunch of grown men among boys right now, and everyone needs to catch up. Is that who you're picking for the whole thing, or have you done that yet? That is who I'm picking, but, but in a very, very close game, to the point that I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by more than a touchdown. Like any any one of these games can go either way, and anyone in the championship, it could go either way. Hey, man, I miss you up here today, seriously. So we'll see you, uh, what, are you coming back up here one more time before Christmas? I'm coming back Friday, yeah. I'm coming back Friday. I'll, I'll bear the cold weather. I'll even bring a nice turnover chain sweater just in case. I still got a rep. All right, man, that sounds good. All right, hopefully I'll see you later. All right, Ryan. Take care. All right, Jonathan Vilma, Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil Synthetics taking synthetic motor oil performance to a whole new level. Make the switch to Pennzoil Synthetics today. Live advice, 15 minutes, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Okay, one of our guys said Baker Mayfield should be the number one overall pick. But we have breaking news. Otani, the Japanese Babe Ruth, has signed with a baseball team. We'll tell you what that team is next. Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. We have breaking news here in the Rosillo Show. Shohei Otani, the Japanese Babe Ruth, 23-year-old outfielder and potential ace pitcher front of a rotation guy, has signed with the Los Angeles Angels. 
Job well done by the Angels signing Otani. Job well done is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts with quality parts and know-how. Napa Auto Parts can help you keep your ride running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. So there you go. There was a bunch of weird stuff that I was reading about this morning. People thought the Cubs were going to get him. Then the Yankees mysteriously were out of this thing early on, even though they had done the international money stockpiling. And that's kind of what had happened here is that Major League Baseball, and this makes sense, they go, why are we letting players come in that are younger making all this money that are international signings before we know what's going on? And since he wasn't 25 when he came over, if he had come over when he was 25, he may have made like $100 million in a contract. So Otani is now going to make way less than that, but he wanted to come over. Uh, if you saw the 60 Minutes piece on this guy, it's it's make-believe. I, and I don't know what's real or what's not, but I can't tell you how ex- – like, I'm so excited about this because I want to see it. I want to see if the guy that was every high school stud who was the baseball equivalent of Otani, you know what I mean? Like you grew up with him. Maybe you were one of them. You were the shortstop, and then in the fifth game you pitched, and you were awesome, and you hit, and you pitched, and then whatever. If you're really good, you went to college – and maybe you could still hit a little bit. And then if you were good enough to get to the minors, like it was over. It was done. Madison Bumgarner hit some home runs. Sweet. Mike Hampton could turn on one every now and then. But most every pitcher always ended up stinking. And no one would ever think of a guy like, well, how could it be that we could never have one? And then Japan has one. So that's Otani's deal. He's about 6'3", 190. He turns 23 years old. This He did this past summer. And... In his peak year in 2016 with 104 games, he hit 22 homers, 67 ribbies, batted 322. He hit 332 in less games in 2017. But in that 2016 season, I mean, these are his ERAs in the last three years 11 and 4 with a 2 6, 15 and 5 with a 2 2, 10 and 4 with a 1 8 6. And innings pitch hits numbers are insane. The last year was 140 innings pitched, 89 hits. The strikeout numbers. 174 strikeouts and 140 innings. If you saw the 60 minutes piece, you go, I want this. I want it all to work. He basically lived in like this dorm over there pitching for the Nippon Ham Fighters. It's Nippon Ham, not Ham Fighters. Um, And, you know, like he just, he seemed to be this dude, and everybody knows what a rock star he is over there, but it was different in the sense that. He just was like, look, I just go to the ballpark, and then they would show him warming up, and he'd be throwing a baseball up against the wall. Athletically, he's off the charts here, too. So I'm just curious to see it all because it's new. Not curious in the Dice Game Matsuzaka way, which I was super curious. Not in the Yu Darvish way, uh, the Ichiro way, which I'll admit in the beginning you go, eh, whatever, we'll see how this goes. And you're like, okay, he's one of the greatest hitters the game of baseball has ever seen, but did Seattle just get him because they have Nintendo money? And then, you know, like that's the way you used to think about it. Be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, the Japanese guy, yeah, he figures you go with the Nintendo money. Um, but Otani goes with the Angels. The other weird thing about this story, and again, Shohei Otani, Japanese baseball player signing with the Angels, that just came down. Joel Sherman, I believe, was the first to have that. Um, that he gave out a quiz to ask teams how he was going to be used. And Buster only had a piece on .com this morning that said that baseball – was very interested in investigating how this all went down. Because this isn't like the blind bids in the past, where you just go to Daisuke Matsuzaka's team and go, here's $51 million. we've won the bid, which is insane now that you think back on it. Like, we pay you $51 million, now we have the right to give him a $50 million contract, and the player saw, like, less than half of it. So it was basically like soccer almost, right, Saruti, where the money is going to the baseball team that has the player's rights. 
And then Daisuke comes over, and you go, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. You um, Darvish has been pretty good, right? Ichiro was great. But Otani, this isn't just the foreign baseball player that we haven't really seen. You're like, are you seriously telling me this guy's going to be like the the number two starter for the Angels and be batting second the other days? Like, are we going to screw this up? It's kind of my whole thing with sports. Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio, where you go, maybe everybody's just smarter at doing this stuff now. Maybe you should have been passing more on first down. Maybe you should have been spreading out defenses. Maybe you should have had smaller linebackers that are hybrid safeties that can run around and cover more people. Maybe we should have been taking more threes. Maybe we should have been non-position specific in basketball and just let the best players close games and instead of going small, call it going better. Maybe we should have the best athletes that are growing up that are great hitters and great pitchers to see how far they can go with this thing. Like, how could we have not had one? And Japan does it before us? No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to turn this into a rant. Um, so that was part of this whole deal where Otani was reaching out and his reps were like, how would you use him? So it wasn't really about money. It was going to be about market and how comfortable Otani and his reps were with how the American team would use him. And then as Buster pointed out again this morning is that there can be no, hey, sign this small, little, new international rule deal with us now and we'll give you all the international money that we can. And it's, it's not a lot of money, man. We're talking about like, I don't know what the Angels' final number is, but it's it's every team was like less than five million bucks at most, and some teams are trying to like there was the Cubs being rumored to be able to offer him like three hundred grand in this whole thing, and some people thought the Cubs were still going to get him, but that baseball Manfred that they're very sensitive to this and they want to investigate and make sure whoever ended up with him, so it's not specific to the Angels, but whoever got him, they're going to go. We better not find out about some wink wink deal. Hey, when you're up and we can pay you more. Here are what the terms are already going to be, no matter what. So if Atani stinks and then he ends up with a massive contract, like fifteen million a year, you'll know something was up. But again, I remember talking to people thinking that Prokhorov was going to give NBA players land and and mines in Russia in some province, and no one would be able to figure it out. And I don't think that's happened because uh, unless Okafor is really pumped about some zinc. So the final numbers here, accordingly. Uh, all right, so the Angels weren't even at the top. So the Mariners, this is the signing bonus, I believe, on the international pool money. So everybody, all these baseball teams were trading all these pieces around, trying to figure out a way to trade for the other team's available international pool signing money. I know this sounds, it's almost like trading for somebody else's cap space, okay? And the Mariners had the most. So I'll admit, I thought Nintendo money, again, perhaps. They had $3.5 million just like a couple grand over where the Rangers were. The Angels had $2.3 million. The Cubs, Dodgers, Padres, the Giants all had 300000 So that's the bonus money, and his overall salary isn't very much in the beginning of this whole thing. Uh, this is Otani's agent saying, quote, I want to thank the clubs and everyone else for respecting our intent to make this very important process as private as possible. We resolved to having a fair methodical process teams clearly put in a lot of work we're grateful that past few weeks also further demonstrated Shohei's incredible thoughtfulness attention to detail and determination to make an informed decision he read every page of every presentation and listened to every word in each meeting and he was so impressed that it was not an easy choice while there's been much speculation about what would drive Shohei's decision what mattered to him most wasn't market size time zone or league but that he felt a true bond with the angels he sees this as the best environment to develop and reach the next level and attain his career goals. 
more than ever, I believe this is not only a special talent, but a man of special character. And like everyone else, I'm excited to see him in Major League Baseball. How many of you that thought you were getting him hear this news and go, whatever, dude, he's probably not even that good? All of you? Then that makes us all the same, doesn't it? Again, Shohei Atani, member of the Los Angeles Angels. What do you want to do, Saruti? Your your call. Life advice or Baker Mayfield? Life advice, loosen things up here a little bit. If we get somebody on the Shohei thing and, you know, whatever, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on that. So Atani with the Angels. Life advice, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's ESPN Radio. Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people. Every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Shohei Atani, as you just heard in Kevin Winter Sports Center, now a member of the Los Angeles Angels, working on trying to get Buster only to come by. Uh, I've got a Christmas party segment that I may want to do. I'm not sure. And we got Anita Marks coming up a little bit later this hour. Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. A break from that, though, right now. Life advice brought to you by Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season. Upside.com. I would just walk in and go, what's the plan, bro? Why are you sleeping until 1? We need to start stripping it back down to the base. It's your life and our advice. Let me fix your life, not just your back porch. Solo today, so the only thing you have today is not a Super Bowl winning linebacker or lawyer, Will Kane, a movie aficionado, just me. We'll go to Mike, wow, Mike in Chicago. Hello, Mike. Yo, yo, what's up? I, I didn't know you were talking. Uh, hey, what's up, man? How are um, you? It's been a while. Yeah, dude, I got a new job, so but I'm off today, so... I figured I'll watch some college volleyball and call the show. Yeah, that's right. College volleyball running a little late, but we're back on. So what's the yeah, new – do you have anything to ask or you just call... – yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. No, I got a, I got a scenario um, that I'm in. Okay. Break so, it down. So I've been dating this girl for like three months. Like she's good looking. Like she's cool. She's chill. And uh, then I introduced them to my, my introduced them to my best friend. All of a sudden, like my best friend starts dating my girlfriend's best friend, and it's just like I see like nothing positive happening out of this. So I need advice how to like indirectly slow things down. You could accuse. Here's what you could do, Mike, and it's great that you're checking in. Can I just ask? Actually, I could do the whole thing with Mike, and I don't like the follow up questions normally as much as this. But what are you doing now? That's new because weren't you an accountant before? Yeah, well, I do. No, I well, I stopped doing that. Then I became a manager at a store, and now I'm working in an office for like a meat distributor. Okay, meat distributor. Uh, 
All right. <laughs> Distribution. Okay. So here's the deal. You could do one of two things. You could sabotage your best friend and make up stuff about him so he gets dumped. Problem solved. Or you could enjoy it. I, I've once, only once in my life, uh, a serious girlfriend that her best friend was dating my best friend. And it was actually awesome. We'd go to Montreal together and then me and my buddy could do whatever we wanted because they would shop. Um, if, if we didn't, if there were stuff they wanted to do that we didn't want to do, we would just go hang out and go do stuff. So I think you need to embrace the positives. You get a little bit older in life and try to make it work, but you sound kind of young. So you'll probably sabotage it. All right, let's go to, uh, Josh in Cincinnati. Brian, thank you for taking my call. Love the show, man. Of course, Josh. All right. Here's my question. Yeah. Got a pretty good job that I've been at for the last couple of years. Um, one of those very high-stress, high-reward environments, work six days a week, trying to find that work-life balance. The question is, do I take I, – I, I, I basically interviewed and been offered a different position with a different company, light pay cut, a um, little bit more work-life balance, but it could lead to even better things that I'm doing now. Do I take the risk and jump ship, or do I stay with what I'm doing? Uh, you got a family? You got people that depend on you? Uh, actually, we're getting ready to have a kid, our first child in May, me and my wife. Can you be happy with the other thing, or are you going to be miserable doing the slightly higher-paying job? I mean, my, I look at it this way. There, there's a price that you can put on me not having as much work-life balance, and you have to understand what that price is, and you have to play this game where you go, will I feel the same way or worse in two years, or will I feel okay? Like, it sounds like you're not – you wouldn't totally be against keeping the better – deal right now financially but if it's not that big of a gap and the other things your dream and there's even a chance for further growth and more money like i always want everybody to follow their dreams but usually i want them to do it when they don't have a kid yeah i guess the only other x factor in it is you know you know my wife doesn't mind that i will now but when you add a kid into the mix that's what i'm worried about yeah is it going to become a different dynamic you know she says hey you need to be home more you know that kind of thing oh all right well yeah then you can tell her okay here's the balance just don't get worried about the checking balance every two weeks. Let's go to Marty in New York. Hey, how you doing? Super. So I called two weeks ago, yeah, and did. I was dating my girl for five months, if you guys remember. So yeah. I moved her in. Good. I come home two days ago, and my so-called best friend who set us up is sleeping with my girlfriend. So my, my question is, I kicked it to the curb. My best friend is trying to make it up to me. And so if I know it's from kindergarten, so I give him another chance with his thumb the F off. Whoa, uh, a lot, Marty. And Marty called us not that long ago. We said definitely let her move in. Um, and it appears we gave you bad advice. Uh, unless, I mean, there is a, there's a there's a positive here is you could have a third roommate, let them both live there, split the utilities. Now we're talking water bills a third instead of half. Um, but it sounds like you probably should just meet some new people and get a new friend altogether. Yeah, don't, don't be friends with him again because he'll do it to you again and I don't know what to tell you. He must be a really good-looking guy if she, she went for it. Chase in Philly. God, that was a terrible call. Sorry, Marty. Feel bad for you. Hey, Ryan. Uh, long time, first time. Obligatory. Um, All right, LT. Here's, a, here's the, uh, the dilemma. Uh, i got a buddy of mine right now. We are driving en route to a wedding in Rochester. I'm a grad student in Philly. I just found out I got two tickets to the Army-Navy game tomorrow back in Philly. What do we do? Do we turn this thing back around and go to the game? Uh, are you going to see friends at at the the bachelor party? 
No, it's it's a wedding. Uh, I mean, it's you know, we'll see friends. It's uh, guys getting married. We played college ball with. Uh, he played in the Astros this year, so there's that element of it. Uh, he played but, for the Astros this year. Is he going to keep playing for the Astros? Yeah, I mean that's that's the goal. So yeah, I mean, stay stay friends with him. Stay friends with him because that could have bigger dividends than Army Navy tickets. I mean, I understand the tradition, and you feel a little more American walking around Army Navy, but you know, Navy six and five, so. Uh, this is in the national championship, and I think I think you need to go to the wedding. I would actually pass up tickets to go hang out with my buddies, to, and I would pack as, pass up any sporting event now just to actually have friends for a weekend. Roy in South Dakota, we'll do one more. Another job question for you, Ryan. I've got a stable job, a steady income. I've got three mouths to feed. What's the job? Flexibility. I work in a medical office. Okay, medical. It's not fantastic. The life trajectory isn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of set here. Or I got an offer to go into what you love, real estate. Do I drop it all and start slinging houses? I can't sell sight to a blind guy. What do I do? All right. What's the property tax situation? Because right now, when I monitor all real estate transactions, it is based solely on is the state screwing over its residents with a property tax hike to make up for some other mistakes. Whereas I look at these other states that are going, you know, fine, we don't care. Bring your money here. We want the population bump. We're not worried about the tax. So if you can get an area, if you're in an area where property tax is is a positive for the buyer, then you can do this right now. Because I think you're going to start seeing a lot of people deciding, I've had it. I've had it with these states that are killing people. So if you're in a position, I don't know the South Dakota numbers off the top of my head, but if you're in an area where people are going to start moving, although I don't know if South Dakota is going to be that spot. Uh, look, it's you can, not. It's cold. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this before. I think you could can't you kind of do a little of both? I know that's, that's a lot of process right now. Yeah, I think you could do a little bit of both. Do a little bit on the side. My mom did a little of that stuff on the side, and uh, you know you can you can see me like, hey, I I like this. I've got good leads, or this is a terrible idea. Okay, Shohei Atani is going to be looking for real estate in Los Angeles. Breaking news: He's with the LA Angels. We'll do that top of next hour. Anita Marks on why the Hugh Jackson situation. His story continues in Cleveland. Some other football stuff with Anita coming up here. Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Your home is important. That's why Geico helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowners insurance. So Buster only is going to join us 315 Eastern. Breaking news, Shohei Otani, the Japanese babe Ruth, as he's known, 23-year-old outfielder and starting pitcher, signing with the Los Angeles Angels. Joel Sherman on that report first. We have stuff up on ESPN.com right now. So we'll get back to that breaking news story coming up here very shortly. The Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. we got Anita Marks with us now. Also a reminder to tune in Sunday. Football doubleheader. Vikings visit the Panthers and the Cardinals host the Titans pregame. Begins at noon Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. I know that you actually you have all this great stuff on this Cleveland deal. Mm -hmm. As you're trying to figure out Sashi Brown out as general manager, I've read through a bunch of this, but you know, Hugh Jack, you know, you seem to know like the pieces involved here. What was the biggest disconnect between the coaching staff and the front office? Um, I, I think it was the fact that it was just an organization that was 100% committed to analytics in regard to the players that not only they drafted, but players that they coveted in free agency, um, i.e. Kenny Britt. So, and, and also, you know, Hugh Jackson came in. I don't think he was told the, the entire truth in regard to 
um, the veteran players that they traded off. Um, one thing that if you've played football, you've been around an organization, when you have a losing culture that players get used to, um, that could be a cancer. And, and, and that could have a long-term effect, especially on young guys that they have bringing in. And so it was just, it was, it was just, it was just bad. It was just, a, it was a bad situation. They've lost a lot of games. And at the end of the day, really, it's just, it's an organization that doesn't value a coach's, um, a coach's decision, coach's opinion in regard to scouting a player. And it was all analytics. There was no happy medium. How did they come to the realization? Because I had read something that like that Hugh Jackson actually wanted Miles Garrett. So they take him with the number one pick instead of trading back down. How was how big of a deal was that? Um, it was a big deal uh, because if you recall, if you go back to the draft, leading into the draft, there was some speculation. There were some reports out there that uh, the Cleveland Browns were going to take uh, Mitchell Trubisky. And but hands down, Miles Garrett was the best player in this draft. You have the number one pick overall, and it was kind of like in the eleventh hour um, that that there was a lot of back and forth, and and even as as the pick was about to happen, um, I think there were a number of people out there waiting to see what were they going to do. Were they going to take Miles Garrett? That's who Hugh Jackson uh, had wanted, and sure enough, he was able to get him. But it took a lot for that pick to happen. Now, John Dorsey is brought in to be the general manager. Sashi's out, but even Paul DePodesta was above Sashi Brown. And this is still a scouting department kind of built with this analytic approach in mind. So how are they going to figure this whole thing out now with the months to go before the draft? Well, a, f- a few things. Number one, it's important people realize um, it wasn't just Jim Haslam who was overseeing and, and, doing these, and, and, and conducting these interviews for the next general manager to come in. Hugh Jackson was a part of it. So I know there's some speculation, wow, is Dorsey going to keep Hugh Jackson? Well, Hugh Jackson was a part of the decision to bring Dorsey in. They're a team now, and they're going to be working closely together. Um, it's very, very hard. Keep it, Okay, so now Saatchi's gone, but you have an entire scouting department that has spent a year evaluating players. It's very hard, and, and, and you could say the same thing what's going on with the Giants, right? Jerry Reese is gone, but Mark Ross is still there. A lot of that scouting team is there because the Giants have to get ready for the combine and the draft. Same thing for the Cleveland Browns. And there's a lot of information there. So, um, you know, the, the, both those departments are safe right now. But and, and I don't know what is going to happen, but I would not be shocked if after the draft, changes are made even further with both those organizations. We're talking with Anita Marks here, the Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. How, I don't know, frustrated is the right word. But I'll hear some people say just flat out, oh, Hugh Jackson can't coach. Look at the record. When you hear that, when they won one game in two years, what's your response when people are that critical of Hugh in the record? If, if you look around the NFL and you look at teams that are winning football games, uh, the most important position is quarterback. And unfortunately, uh, the, the Cleveland Browns have not drafted the quarterbacks that Hugh has coveted. Um, he wanted Jared Goff. He wanted Patrick Mahomes. They tried to trade for A.J. McCarron and unfortunately couldn't get the paperwork in to the NFL office. All right, in the time. way you say that makes me think that because <laughs> I don't know Come which on, I don't know what like all the versions <laughs> of the A.J. McCarron story were bad versions. Right. So it's did you agree to the trade when you didn't want to? Like, what do you think happened there? I think I keep in mind Hugh Jackson coached A.J. McCarron uh, mm-hmm. with the Cincinnati Bengals. He knows him really well. The conversations I've had with you about A.J. McCarron is. Um, he's a huge fan. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if A.J. McCarron might be the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals next year if he's able to work out this. Keep in mind, he's, he's trying to, to list himself as an unrestricted, right. run-restricted free agent as, as, as opposed to restricted. 
if that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. McCarron is the starting quarterback for the Cleveland for the Cleveland Browns with bridging that gap with whatever quarterback they go out and they draft this year. So wait a minute, you're so, saying A.J. likely starter of Cleveland, not Cincinnati. Might. Right, I wouldn't right, be surprised. Okay. So um, so I, I just, when you need, a, you need a good quarterback, if not a great quarterback in the NFL to win football games. And unfortunately, you know, Hugh Jackson has not had that to work with. Um, you know, on, we saw a glimpse of Josh Gordon. Oh, my God. I mean, Casey Hayward came out this week and said, man, this is the best wide receiver I went up against all year. It's unfortunate that, that Josh Gordon was dealing with the issues that he was. He didn't have him. Uh, they let Terrell Pryor go to Washington. I think that was a matter of Washington not using him properly and him really respecting and loving the way that Hugh Jackson utilized him in Cleveland. So he just he, he didn't have the horses in his stable to win football games. But I mean, is it am I blaming it all on that? No, I, I mean, there's some games there that maybe Hugh Jackson could have called better, better time management, yeah, whatever no, the case. I, I'm not saying it's 100 percent on the organization, but. Listen, you need a good quarterback and you need good players in order to win in this league. Yeah, we agree on that. I'm not looking at that record saying he can't coach. That's Anita Marks coming up next. Buster only. Shohei Otani to the Angels.